Alrighty, guys, welcome back to the Wed Talk podcast, your wedding podcast for the laid back lovers. Today, we're going to dive deep into the venue that is Immerse. So, yeah, if you want to kick us off, how are you, Geordie? Not too bad, Riley. How are yeah, we? We're good. We're good. We've been roaming around the grounds of Immerse here for, well, the last, what, two, two and a half hours, creating something special for our couples. So, no, it's been a good, been a good afternoon. Yeah, it has been. We were um, obviously filming some some video tours for our clients um, to give them, you know, greater insight into each of these venues, and a little bit of a photographer and videographer's um, aspects and um, thoughts on things, where to set up, where to get the best photos, videos, all that sort, of, all those sort of things. One thing I didn't realize is how big like this venue actually is. So we've shot here once or <laughs> twice, massive. and we thought that the video was originally going to take us what like an hour to go around and film it all, and. I think after an hour, we'd been to the car park, the entryway, the garden chapel, and that was it. Like, yeah. it's just... We're still, in the car, we're still in the car park an hour yeah. in. So, um, no, we, we told Katie and the crew, we're like, oh, yeah, we'll only be here like an hour. I had an electrician in fixing a few things, and he, he needed like an hour. So, we're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be out for at least an hour. Um, and we thought, oh, yeah, an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> two, two, two and a half hours later, we're like, we're still oh, walking around. Um, we're still going to do this podcast. And Katie was... Happily, um, she was happy to jump on um, fairly late in the day. So really, really appreciate that. Yeah, fair to say that um, the good people at Immerse uh, were happy enough to yeah to let us walk around and, and to jump on. And I guess the whole purpose of, of the video one is to be able to showcase to, um, you know, people out there, you know, what Immerse has to offer um, and for us to actually go around and put some time in to see the venue as well um, and really get familiar with it. And, uh, and two, obviously, to be good enough to jump on the potty um, and let all the lovely couples out there know what they have to offer um, and just a little bit of a backstory about the venue. So this would be a good one. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I guess we'll get ready to bring Katie on. Yeah, 100%. I think this is going to get a really good insight into um, venues in general um, and she's got some, I'm sure she's going to have some awesome advice. For any wedding couples out there that are you know, thinking um, about having their, their wedding out here in the Yarra Valley. Um, so yeah, let's dive into it. Welcome back to the Wed Talk podcast. We have a very special guest slash business on today's podcast. We have Immerse Yarra Valley um, and we're joined by the lovely Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hello. Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, so yeah, how's, how's everything been? How's the last wedding season been? Obviously, we're in May now, so we're coming towards the end. So How many busy. weddings on at the moment? Is it starting to die off? How's it been? Yeah, it started to quiet down a little bit for us. Uh, that means we've dropped down from five a week to four a week, um, which is nice. And then it'll teeter off a bit more in, in June. And then we're closed in July for some renovations. So starting to quiet down a bit, which is nice. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and obviously we have Riley here who- I'm here as well. Is the other half of your Brazil. He's definitely on here as well. Um, we've just been wrapping up a video tour of Immerse, which was amazing. Yeah, Took a bit longer than we thought we- we're like, oh, we'll lay ourselves an hour and then the grounds just got away from us. So It's a big property. <laughs> it's a big property. <laughs> we were saying when we were out there, we are like, oh, I've got so much stuff to do. I'm running out of time. We're like, there's just so much here, which I guess is why it's such a premier venue in the area. Like from the vineyards to the chapel, uh, sorry, to the multiple venue locations, to the spots where you can go and get your portraits, to what like the place has to offer in general. It's just, just why it's one of those big spots in the area and why we love shooting here so much and, yeah. and while we're here today. So thank you. It all bases covered. <laughs> so for those that do not know Immerse and who are exploring 
you know, potentially their wedding out in the Yarra Valley. They might be in a city or even on the Western suburbs and they're looking across at the Yarra Valley as a potential option. Um, do you want to just describe your venue, what you're all about? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're a family-owned business. Uh, so my family runs the property. Um, we have, well, we bought it back in uh, 2001 and then we opened up in 2003. Um, but we really kind of started kicking off doing weddings uh, in 2009. We built our vineyard chapel um, and then it really kind of took off from there. Um, so we do weddings Wednesday to Sunday, um, and then our restaurant is open on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, and the cellar door is open on Saturdays and Sundays as well. So, um, there's kind of a lot going on, but, uh, the, the main thing that we do and what we're really, really good at is, is weddings. Um, but we never wanted it to feel like it was just kind of a cliche wedding venue or like purely a reception venue you know, with a rubber piece of chicken and overcooked yeah. piece of beef, you know, it's- They want to blend into the others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're in the Arrow Valley and it all really started because my mum and dad love good food and wine. So we wanted to make sure that that was kind of at the heart of everything. Um, and I guess you just really feel that it's a family business, you know. Um, the staff, we call ourselves the Immerse family. The staff are all very close, um, you know, so I think that when you walk in the doors, you feel that it's not just like, you know, you're another number. Um yeah, you become part of the Immerse family. So, and there's quite a prestige around the Yarra Valley in general, isn't there? So, there is quite a high standard that couples, just anyone in general that's coming out here, there's quite a high standard that you need to kind of live up to. So, how do you find that pressure? And you know, just compete like I wouldn't say competing, but you know, where do you, like how do you set yourself apart from all the rest? Yeah, look, I think that because that's what we started from, I never really feel a whole lot of pressure from that. Like everything kind of is built around that. Um, you know, and we wanted fantastic wine. So we went with Rob Dolan, um, you know, who's an absolutely amazing winemaker. Um, it just so happened that we went to primary school with his kids as well. So we've actually known him for years. Um, so he takes care of our wine, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and then, yeah, just making sure that the menu is, you know, really around good quality um, and I think as well, not just good quality, but, you know, good portion sizes and stuff. Mm, like. <laughs> that's what I've heard. And you've got different, obviously, yeah. options. Like it's not just drop plate. Like yeah. you can have the feast. Yeah. There's definitely lots of different options that p- to cater to everyone. And you're not left, you're not left hungry. Sure. Well, my, my dad's worst nightmare is people going to Macca's, you know, on the, on the way home, other than just, you know, wanting to crave some chips and you want to, you know, stop and get some chips from Macca's. But, you know, dad's worst nightmare is sending people home hungry. So it's, it, it can be a fine line because also we hate waste. So we never want to be doing, you know, dealing with food wastage and things like that. Um, but we, yeah, walk that balance, you know, really finely and make sure that the portion sizes um, are, are plenty, plenty big. Um, and I mean, I eat lunch every day that I come to work. So I'm, you know, constantly quality controlling. It's my job, guys. At least that's, <laughs> that's a good thing though. Like I know you're saying, making sure no one goes home hungry. Like that's probably not a lot of, not probably a quality, not a lot of the other venues have where they're just, like you said, they're a number, they come in and just going down that, you know, the owners want to make sure that everyone has the best experience possible. They're not just coming in the door, paying their money, and they're here for six hours and then they're gone. Like, and that's that's something you want and it extends to your staff and everyone else where, you know, if you're going to come here, you're going to get value for money. You're not just yeah. going to get the price tag that comes with being in the Yarra Valley. Absolutely. I think that's a big thing as well is that, you know, you want to, yeah, feel like you're getting great value mm. for, for money. Um, and I think, you know, we also, one of the reasons that we have the restaurant open on weekends is so that people can come in and try the food and our restaurant menu is the same as our wedding menu. 
um, with yep. the exception of we have a burger on the restaurant menu, which isn't available for weddings because <laughs> not all that fancy. No. <laughs> um, but so we often say to people when they come for site inspections, like, you know, look, our menu's seasonal, so it might be different come your wedding day, but come in, have lunch, see the portion sizes, get an idea of the quality, um, and you can see if that fits in with, you know, what you guys are looking for. Because it's super common. I think people coming out to the Yarra Valley, like it's so common when I ask what's most important to you guys, we hear great food and wine. You know, so I think it's something that if you're coming out here, you do expect like a staple. Is it high expectation? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think having it available for people to try before they buy um, is really helpful as as well. Like you know, don't take my word for it. Don't trust a photo. Um, actually, come in and try it and, and see for yourself. Hundred percent. I can attest to that because <laughs> as videographers <laughs> and photographers, we're we're left quite hungry at many venues yeah, yeah. and we won't disclose them. But here yeah. we're not left hungry. I, it's something that like stresses me out because I hear about it so often and I'm always just like, guys, this cannot be us. <laughs> <laughs> In the Facebook groups, it is like the number one complaint. It is just plastered everywhere, everywhere yeah. in season. It's like it's not that hard to just get the same serve or just have, you know, just 10 minutes. That's all, like, that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. This venue, we never left. We're never Good. left hungry. So <laughs> if that ever doesn't happen, you let me know. <laughs> so spinning off the um, the family aspect to the venue, what's it like being a part of a family business and a and a large family business like this is? It's funny because it it doesn't just extend to my family. My um, fiance's dad is our property manager, um, and who works with um, his uncle, so his dad's brother, um, also works in in maintenance here. Um, my sister-in-law works in the wedding team. (laughs) We've had so many of the family, you know, actively work in the business at one point. Um, I think it's, it's very much evolved. You know, the, the family doesn't have too much to really do to it day to day. That's kind of really been left on my shoulders now. I think when I was much younger, I was, I was really young when I, when I took over and, you know, it wasn't a planned thing, um, you know, we had the um, manager leave and mum and dad were overseas. So it was just kind of like, oh, Katie's running it. <laughs> um, and I was studying full time at the time and it was kind of kind of just be like they were overseas for three months. So it was just going to be, all right, let's just hang in there until they get back and then we'll hire someone. And I was like, no, you know, I'm actually all right at it and I actually don't mind it. So um, I think while I was really properly, like I've been working here since I was, um, well, I was polishing wine glasses from when I was nine. So, you know, I've always been around the business, mum and dad, um, are very business savvy while not, they didn't have like a lot of experience in hospitality, which I think is a benefit because they didn't have any of the bad habits that come with hospitality, like burning out your staff and things like that. Um, yeah, they, they kind of helped me while I was younger and now, you know, they really just kind of step back and. Yeah, there's not too much involvement in the direct Miles family um, outside of, you know, big growth plans. What do we want to see? You know, is there anything that we want to, you know, develop and stuff like that? Um, otherwise, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. There's my dad and I have very similar personality types, <laughs> which means that we could, oh, yeah, we could, we both definitely could clash, um, you know, when I was a bit younger. But um yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It means that we're going to be honest with each other. Um, you know, I always see it as my job to tell them the the truth and that's what I try and ask from my staff. I think the worst thing is as a boss, you just got people, you know, nodding their heads yes. when you ask a question. It's like, well, no, you're here to tell me. Like, I'm not the expert here. You know, you're doing your jobs. Tell me what you need. You're in the, you're in the depths of it. Give me the, the honest feedback. Yeah, yeah. So I'd always tell them the truth and so sometimes we'd butt heads over that. But 
I think we just really, really, really respect each other now. And I so respect what he did to get, and you know, my whole family, he and my mum did to get to the business to where it is, you know, today. And then, you know, when, when I took over, um, cause they did the really hard yards, like <laughs> it was a rough slog. It was a very, very, very rough slog, I can imagine. um, to, to get here. So, um, I think it's great that they can kind of step back now and kind of relax a bit more. He's a, they've got their own band. They're now gigging all over oh, the wow. place. Um, so yeah, they're kind of living their happy retired life and I kind of get to do what I want. <laughs> so how do you find that? So, cause obviously in most family businesses, there is that, that, that dynamic between work and obviously that personal relationship. So mm. how do you find that? Yeah, fine. I think like, you know, like I said, there was a couple of times where we, you know, where we butted heads just because we are, both very similar and very strong kind of dominant personality types. Um, and I think it was learning that, you know, he does sometimes get to just say, yes, to do what he wants to do. <laughs> we know whether or not I'd say this is why I might not think that's a good idea, but at the end of the day, it is, it is your business. Like, you know, so you get to decide what you want. But I think that once I kind of respected that, it's very rare that he would ever do something outside of what I would recommend because he respects me as well um and they're just so supportive it's they're just ridiculously supportive like um they mum says she's the queen of stuff all so it's just like <laughs> running around and getting things for me I'm like mum I need you to pick up wedding packs from Box Hill yeah. well mum I need more keys cut <laughs> so yeah I think just it's it's really yeah it's it's really easy and really really nice now really lovely really they're just so supportive and um constantly telling everyone we're huge on feedback here. So constantly telling everyone, you know, um, they're doing an amazing job and they appreciate the hard work that everyone's doing. Um, you know, and then in turn, so we, we love feedback. Like we think that feedback's huge. So love hearing when we do things great, but also, you know, we want to improve. We don't, we don't get better by people just being like, yeah, it was fantastic. And then actually being annoyed about something. So, yep. you know, hundred percent. So obviously we're in early to mid, 2023. Um, so back a few years ago, we got hit by COVID. Mm -hmm. um, it's a question we do have to ask. How did you guys go in that in that period with it was all so the fun. uncertainty? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. No, it was actually really funny. So I've got um, my 2IC, Carolyn. Um, she is the best person in the entire world. Um, but I remember for so long, I was like, I don't need a 2IC, mum and dad. I'm, it's fine. I don't need a 2IC. And maybe for the size that we were, like I didn't. Um, but she's the most amazing support. And I remember when COVID hit, it was so funny. We, we had a meeting before kind of the official announcement was made that we we're going into lockdown and the chefs were like, just, you know, if we need to move weddings, if we need to open Wednesdays, we're only doing Thursday to Sunday at that point. And they were like, if we need to do Wednesday weddings, we'll do Wednesday weddings. And I was like, nah, 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 it'll be fine. Ah, we don't need to do, we don't need to do Wednesdays. And then the announcement went and I reckon it was about 20 minutes of like looking at the dates and I went into the kitchen and I was like, so Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many Wednesdays are in there a week? Yeah. Uh, and then, so we did Wednesdays. Um, and then I think, I can't remember what point it was, but then we had to open up Mondays because we were, it, it was just full. Like there was just, there was no dates. Um, but yeah, Kaz, Kaz was amazing with that. Mum and dad were amazing that, you know, they really gave the staff the, they said, you know, look, we'll make it through. It's going to be fine. Everyone's still going to have their jobs. Um, you know, we'll weather the storm. Um, we had staff on JobKeeper and staff were like coming out and we did heaps of renovations on the property. So we just kind of took the time of 
not having weddings to, you know, we did all new floorboards. Like we just, we did a lot of renovations. We have an opportunity as well to like exactly. work on the back end things. Yeah. Um, and so we had staff coming in and helping with working bees and stuff like that, you know, with that. Um, but yeah, I think Kaz and I, we, we tried to really keep most of the COVID stuff just with the two of us. We have a very big wedding team, but we wanted that to be, there was no miscommunications. You know, we, we knew each other very well. So we knew exactly what one or the other would say. Um, so we just kind of dealt with it, the, the two of us. Um, and luckily our couples were, you know, we have really beautiful people that come and get married here. I think, you know, that's just kind of the, the couples that we attract. Um, there were some that would, yeah, just absolutely gorgeous. There were, you know, look, a couple, but. Not so much. Not so nice, but it was 0.5% of the people that we dealt with. And because. You had to understand how heartbreaking it was for, for them. You know, like it's difficult for us for a business standpoint, but it's such a massive day in their life. Um, and things like, you know, weddings happening without parents being able to, you know, make yeah. it here because of, you know, overseas travel and, you know, them compromising on things so that, you know, they yeah. Yeah. they could have their day. And we were really strict. We we followed it to the to the letter. Um, you know, I think a lot of venues um didn't and you know to each their own but we just kind of went all right and because we got checked that's what I think people like you know we did the every QR you know code checking we did everything and people would be like oh you know but no you're never going to get in trouble but you did we had inspectors come out like three or four times so they, they did come around um but yeah I think we're just finally calming down now we're finally just back to a normal yeah, pace I was say, are, are you through it yet or there's still a few dangling <laughs> no we're that, that good still have to fill out we're, we're done thank thankfully um, we decided to keep Wednesdays open. So we now do Wednesday weddings as part of standard thing because um, we did bring on more staff to deal with that caseload. Um, so, yeah, we still do Wednesdays, but no more Mondays. <laughs> no more. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so it's good to hear that even though, like, you were so accommodating to couples in that period of time, like, you almost put your workers above the couples, like the people that are, I guess, supporting the business and keeping it afloat. Like you find that a lot of people these days don't want to work for someone because they don't want, um, they don't feel sorry that they get that sort of like, you know, togetherness treatment. It's a, you're another number. You're, you've got to do a job and you rock up at this time or you go home and this time and that's it. Like, yeah, definitely. You find that if you didn't have the staff that you had or if you didn't treat them the way that you treat them, that it would have been a very different time yeah. throughout that period. hundred percent. And I think that, um, you feel that in the service that they give because they truly care about the business and they want to be there. But that's something that I hear from couples a lot. Like, you know, they say, oh, the staff genuinely looked happy to, to be there and to be working the event. And it's like, they do, they actively really enjoy their job, you know, and, and what they're doing. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it sounds bad, but my staff do come first <laughs> and you'll have that from, you know, if someone's going to be rude or aggressive to staff or anything like that, like, it's just not something that, that we tolerate, um, which, you know, was sadly a thing, you know, through COVID, some people, you know, being aggressive um, and we'll always back our staff, you know, one, 100%. Um, and then, you know, the customer very shortly after that. <laughs> uh, lovely. So obviously getting onto the couples, um, how, what's the process like? Describe the process to any couples listening, thinking, oh, yeah, we might go have an on-site inspection with the MERS. Absolutely. How does it all, how does it all get, get rolling? Well, so first thing you find us somewhere, whether it's through social media or the website or word of mouth or something like that. Um, and then generally an inquiry through the website. Um, like I said, we have a whole wedding team. Yeah, it's so, a big wedding team. Yeah, there's about the seven of us. 
Um, because again, we don't believe in burnout. So our staff work very, very sane hours, which is very unusual for hospitality. Um, like most of the core wedding team um, who coordinate, it's 8.30 to 5 is the longest shift that they'll do. Um, so you'll get a response from one of our wedding team, organize a site inspection to come in, um, do a personal tour with one of the wedding team, usually goes for about 45 minutes. Um, we take you for a full tour of the property. Um, and then we go through the wedding pack with you. Um, there's some photos and stuff that you can see. We're a little bit photo crazy. So we've actually got broken down on Pinterest boards for each month of the year. (laughs) So we can be like, if you want to get married in May (laughs) compared to April, um, And then we generally send you out a personalised quote. If you have a date in mind, um, you can put dates on hold for seven days, no obligations. If you want to go off and have a think about things, see some other venues. Um, And then if you decide that you want to book, then it's a $5,000 booking fee, some signed T's and C's, and then you're all booked in and it's official. Lovely. And then obviously throughout the process is communication throughout that. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Yep. So we send off um, some information like six months prior, um, constantly emails backwards and forwards. Um, I think because we have such a big wedding team, we have very fast response times. Um, it's pretty unusual if you don't hear back from us within 24 hours. Um, but yeah, lots of emails backwards and forwards. We'll send out at six months, just some, you know, more information. Here are some things that you should, you know, be kind of starting to look at or have already ticked off your list. Um, and then about three months prior, we send out a planning meeting request, um, which is when they come in, they taste the menu um, and have a meeting with one of the wedding team to essentially go through every little detail of the day. Um, and that then creates their order of service. Um, we send them home with some homework for some questions that they couldn't answer. There's always questions. No one ever knows what time the cake's going to be delivered and that is completely fine. You shouldn't know that at that point. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they send through their final documents four weeks prior final payment three weeks prior. Um, we get them to drop their decorations off a few days before the wedding. Um, they have a meeting with one of the wedding team to say where they want everything and they'll take detailed notes about where everything's going to be going on the day. Um, and then they rock up usually getting ready on site and we welcome them with some coffee and some bubbles and get pampered for the day. Beautiful. How much um, uh, like customization is there from a couple? So say someone comes in and they want to get married in the paddock at the back uh, where it's more of a blank canvas is more of an input from them. Do you guide them in what's recommended out there or you say like, you know, the floor is yours, do what you want. And then alongside with, I guess, anywhere else in the venue um, seating arrangement, because you can have quite a large amount of guests in there. Um, what can the, what personality can the couples bring to, you know, collab with the Merce on the day? Personality, definitely. I mean, you know, bring your own flavor. I've seen it dressed up in so many different ways. Um, we, As far as packages go, um, we do have our packages and we try and be very clear on what they are and what's available. Um, something that I say often is that I want every person to get married at the venue that is the absolute best for them. And that's not always going to be here. And that is completely fine. So, you know, if, if we have a meeting, for example, I'm getting an idea of what they want their wedding day to be like, and it sounds like it's just not what you know, we offer or something that we can cater to, then I'll be like, hey, you should check out these venues. Like, you know, they're awesome. What for, Like sometimes like we don't do full vegan menus, for example. So I'm like, you know, go hit up the farm. The farm's, you know, got absolutely beautiful vegan menus. Um, so I never, we never want to trick people into, you know, oh yeah, we totally, totally do that. And then don't do it. Um, but yeah, absolutely bring your own personalities. Um, you know, places like the paddock definitely can be, um, because it is just a blank canvas, you know, that there's not really anything there as such. 
um, you can, you know, kind of go, go crazy. Um, the, even with the, the other ceremony locations, you can, you can put whatever you want on it. It's just that they don't need too much. You know, we wanted it to be that if you want to jazz it up, absolutely go crazy, but also people that are maybe a bit more budget, you know, budget conscious, you don't have to spend a fortune to make it look good. It's not like it is just a completely white blank canvas and it's going to look ridiculous without it. Um, you know, you really don't need too much to make it look beautiful. Because most just go the flowers on the barrels for the ceremony location and that's enough. Like yeah, it absolutely. It looks so nice in general that you don't really have to do too much to it to make it. Definitely. And I mean, that doesn't, you know, mean that there aren't stuff that also looks incredible. Like I love in the garden chapel when they do flower bombs and, you know, sometimes they put up fairy lights and things like that. But, you know, it's definitely not something that you would go in there and not see that done and be like, oh, wow, it looks really empty and, you know, it looks really sad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it always looks lovely. We were just out there before and it still looks amazing in May as it did. Back in December. Yeah, we love autumn here. <laughs> Even for me personally, like autumn's my favourite time of the year. You get all the colours that come out and just walking through the grounds today, like from a, you know, a photography, videography team point of view, like there's just so much that you can do with the conditions in the way that they are now. And then even when we were here in November, like it, it looks just as stunning. Like there's just so much variety when you come here. You're not so gonna get different stumped. though. Yeah, like you know, yeah. in in November, you've got all the roses. You know, because we've got over two thousand right. yeah, roses pink, on site. Yeah, the pink and all the top, yeah, different types of there's roses. There's so yeah. many. I, I'm shocked every single year. Every single year, you get that first bloom, and I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we wanted, you know. In winter, that we've then got daffodils that come up in between all of the roses. So we've always kind of tried to plan, you know, anytime we do anything, we say, will it make a good photo opportunity? Um, you know, so for example, we got hit pretty bad in the floods last year um, and half of the driveway like washed into the avenue of trees out the front there. And so we were like, how are we going to fix this? And we were like, all right, we'll make it a path. We were like, we'll make it a proper path and we'll put lighting in between so they can get night shots. You know, so pretty much everything we do, we do, we try and say, will it make a good photo opportunity? And then trying to make sure that there's photo opportunities no matter what month you book. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's always months that it's going to look nicer than others, than others yeah. um, you know, but we want to make sure that it does look beautiful any time of year so you can get married whenever you want. Absolutely. So for couples wanting, and this is their biggest question, when they're, when they're looking at venues, they're like, is my date even going to be available? So how many weddings are you doing roughly per season? So we think of the season anywhere from like September, October, all the way through to May, June. So how many weddings are you roughly doing and what is your availability like for someone maybe looking short-term, potentially late 23, early 24, and then going into obviously 24, 25? Yeah. So we we do around about 200 a year. So it's it's pretty busy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then, I mean, there's there's dates speckled here and there. So it's not that you're not going to get any date. Um, you know, because we do the Wednesdays, there's obviously more dates available. So if you're flexible on what day of the week that you're going to do, then you're more likely um, to get a booking. Um, in saying that, the Wednesdays and Thursdays actually do sometimes book up even quicker because they are cheaper. So I think people post-COVID have come around a lot to weekday weddings, um, you know, because people just got used to it because they didn't have a choice. They, you know, took whatever date they could kind of get at that point. Um, and work is more flexible too for people now. Like they can just yeah, take working off from a Wednesday, home take off a Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the idea of that, you know, the people coming to your wedding should surely be your nearest and dearest. So, you know, they're kind of happy to take off yeah. a day of work to, <laughs> or to come see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, dates speckled here and there. But if you want to, if you want to be ultra safe, I would say 18 months out. 
Um, if you're flexible, then yeah, anywhere from, you know, nine months to, to a year out, um, you should be pretty safe. You do. Um, so say someone comes to you short term and you got dates here and there, do you, would you, um, put in like elopements and stuff like that to just help fit in? Do you obviously, they said you got a large team and you can, you can work around it, but how are you, I guess you accommodating to like, you know, last minute bookings and all those sorts of spaces. We cut down, we used to do a ceremony only package and then we used to do what we called intimate wedding packages. So ceremony only was that. It was literally just your ceremony. Um, so you had like your ceremony, I think it was like an hour and a half on site. So you had your ceremony and then like an hour for photos and then that yep. was it. Um, and then the intimate wedding packages were for like 20 to 50 people um, and it was done during the day before the evening wedding, yeah, like yep. in place of a lunch service. Yep. Um, we stopped doing that after COVID because it was just, too much like at some point we did eight weddings in one week and we were just like no (laughs) no no more (laughs) um so we stopped doing that just because of how busy we were and we just didn't you know have the um the energy to put everything that they deserved into that um we're looking at redoing an intimate wedding package now just because there are so many people who are wanting to do, you know, lower guest numbers. Um, so it's something that we're throwing back around and just figuring out how it can kind of work in, you know, not impact the couples that are getting married later in the evening um, and things like that. So it's something that we're working on, um, but we do discounts and stuff like that. Like we've got a random date we get cancellations and stuff like that. And someone's like, you know, yeah, like then, you know, we put together something special for them, um, you know, to, to make that work. Um, or situations where something has gone wrong, like, you know, we've had when venues go under and so they're desperately looking for a venue, um, you know, things like that. that lately too. Yeah, which is incredibly sad, you know. It's not something that I'm ever excited from another business failing, you know. I think that we don't – I'm not really one massively for competition. Like I say, I want everyone to get married, you know, at the best place for them. So I think that that's just – really heartbreaking for everyone. It's heartbreaking for the couple. It's heartbreaking for the venue. It's heartbreaking for their staff. Um, so we try and work in when things like that happen as well. There's no shortage of customers either. It's like, cause the customer really is only coming. It's like with us, they're only coming to, to use us once yeah. and there's a 12 months rolls around and there's a new batch getting engaged and then they're looking Absolutely. again. So there's no, there's no shortage of people always of want to get married. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think your beer selling point, and I see this all over the Facebook groups that I'm in at the moment is your on-site accommodation that is i think out of the out of every venue out here that's like your number one selling point yeah i think it's definitely very handy particularly because the um like well no public transport and taxis and ubers just don't exist out here (laughs) which is wild because there's so much money to be made like and you know there are transport businesses which we recommend but you know there's only so money and they are completely overwhelmed with bookings so because there's so driver, much business come out, to the come out here <laughs> in wedding season <laughs> we Thursday to Sunday. <laughs> um but yeah we've got 20 rooms of accommodation on site um it means that you can get ready on site um which is really helpful and then your guests don't have to worry about who's going to be deso you know <laughs> just crushing the accommodation um so definitely definitely very handy um to have and i think a, a big selling point for couples especially who have you know overseas or interstate guests and things like that as well. Because you don't have to have, um, like you do at other venues that offer it, you don't have to have a two-night minimum stay here. Is that correct? Opposite. So we actually can only do night of the wedding because you have exclusive use of the property from the start of your ceremony. Um, so even if you took none of the accommodation, no one else is staying on site. 
Um, so essentially for the day that you book your wedding, you've got all of the accommodation. Um, so single night stay only, um, but there's other places nearby that we recommend if you live really far away and you don't want to travel super early in the morning, you know, to get here, stay somewhere else local nearby. Um, but I do know that two night stays is, um, one that's been a bit problematic nearby. Um, we generally recommend, or I recommend RACV Hillsville. I don't think they've got two nights stay last time I checked. Cottages as well, or are they minimum two? I uh, couldn't tell you. I know Balgowney definitely places. does. Yeah. yeah. So I generally say to people, like, if you've got people coming into state who probably want two nights, check out, you know, Balgowney or something like yeah, that. Say, um, and then try yeah. and keep the accommodation here for people who don't want two night stays. Yeah. Or the elderly who don't have to travel far. Or Correct. Yeah. And then, um, you know, looking at transport companies, you've got heaps of people, you know, that are going to be staying in nearby accommodation. Um, you know, you don't always have to cover that cost. You can get them, you know, to kick in some money and you can get a bus that stops off at some of the, you know, popular accommodation places um, or even just to Lilydale because you can at least get taxis from Lilydale. <laughs> it seems like you're all across it. So if you had a couple that came to you um, and it was like, we're from, Adelaide, but we want to get married here. We got no idea about the area, and we're bringing sixty people with us. You can go. Yep, we can give you these people on. We can get this many on site, and then we can go go here. Recommend this bus service, and you can make the whole like the whole process just seamless. For sure, yeah. Like we definitely love giving recommendations with suppliers that we you know work with all the time because we know that it goes smoothly. Um, you know, it's it's tricky when you have. When you see a couple come in and you know how much work they've put in and you've got a supplier that's just maybe doesn't care as much or, you know, like, yeah, it's really frustrating when there's nothing that you can kind of do. So we definitely love giving recommendations to be like, hey, these are people that we work with that, you know, are fantastic at what they do and you're going to be in great hands. Um, you know, and they've never planned a wedding before. We've, <laughs> we plan hundreds. <laughs> that was the whole point of this podcast yeah. is to give more insight into couples going, where do I even start? Yeah, and I think that, you know, just my biggest thing would be rely on your suppliers, you know, like you guys as well will have a wealth of knowledge, you know, to share with, with them. Um, you know, so you're not alone in trying to figure it out for yourself, you know, get, you know, book people who you feel like are going to support you and be able to help you with other questions that you have. Um, you know, and I feel like I hear all the time with, you know, photographers, videographers, it's like, you're not just there filming, you know, you're an extra bridesmaid for the day without, you know, fluffing the dress and, you know, or you. Other than the couple being at the venue, um, you know, we spend the most amount of time with um, with the clients on the day. You know, they might book us for 10 or 12 hours. But Definitely. you might only be at your ceremony or, sorry, your, your venue for six. Yeah. So always engaging with your vendors and yourselves for, all right, well, what's in the area? Who should I pick and do this? And then coming to us for, you know, okay, well, who are you going to work well with? Who can you recommend? That Definitely. Also works well? Like it's just branching out and using us as a resource or not just a service. And I think we say that a lot. And when I speak to people, like everyone goes, oh, we're just, we just do photo, we just do video, but there's so much more than what we do. So much more that we do on the day. That's a part of just, you know, your digital product that you get at the end. Definitely. And I mean, but the couple also doesn't know that, you know, yeah. cause they don't know how, it, how it runs. They don't see the value in, or they, they don't know to expect that, you know, they don't know what a great supplier is compared to, you know, someone who's just a bit average is, um, you know, they don't really know, know any difference. So I think if you can get recommendations from other suppliers and stuff like that, then you know that they must be good if those suppliers want to work with them because no one's going to recommend someone that it's a pain in the butt to work with and they've seen them let people down and stuff like that. And I think particularly with, you know, photography and videography, um, 
it's so important that they work together. <laughs> I know I remember um, when videography wasn't, you know, quite so massive, it was something that, you know, popped off massively now. Um, but I used to see so many arguments between photographers and videographers. So I would always say to the couple, you know, you should, you should let them know what your priority is. You know, what's more important for you? Do you have one that is, you know, slightly more important to the other? Because there's always going to be times where they might get into each other's paths. And so you need to let them know, like, you know, where they stand, you know, what's, what's most important for you. And I mean, ideally you have someone who works <laughs> perfectly together. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, you know, it's not an issue, but, um, yeah, you want to make sure that they can all work in well with each other, I think, and um, also give the same vibe on the day, you know, have the same energies. Because the there's obviously a vibe going up into the ceremony and then the reception is a completely separate event on in itself. Yeah. So then, you know, you've got DJs, you might have musicians, um, all sorts of different people interacting with you, photo booths, everything. Yeah. If, the, if they're not matching the vibe of what you just experienced, then you could be let down by, at the end of the night. For sure. And I think that's why it's really important to like have, um, you know, not necessarily even like an in-person meeting, but at least have a phone chat or a Zoom call or something like that with each supplier before you book them. So you can see like, hey, do our personalities kind of gel, yeah. you know, particularly with photography and videography. And I would say you're celebrant. Um, you want to make sure that you get along personality so wise. Yeah, the most important. When we see yeah. it happen, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Celebrant for sure. Make sure you're on the same page. Yeah. And see, I think the biggest ones with celebrants, um, and I don't know, my, um, I'm engaged, I'm getting planning my wedding at the moment, and my brother's engaged and they're planning their wedding. Um, and I don't know how many of them out there kind of have it. I don't really have the struggle because I, you know, obviously see them. But um, celebrants that have videos of their ceremonies, ceremonies yeah. so valuable. <laughs> well, I think we've talked about this before and, and gone like if you were a celebrant, why wouldn't you not reach out to any wedding that you've done that's videoed? Like nine times out of ten, that's going to be recorded. Yeah. We've got your ceremony. Exactly. We give that to our couples. Like, yeah. All we have to do is ask us and we'll be his elite. Yeah. I had someone was saying, I think my, my brother's partner was saying that the response that she got was, oh, it's really personal. So we didn't want to share it. And I'm like, that's cool. And I, I, res I, I love that you're, you know, re respecting your couple's, you know, potential boundaries and you should get their permission. But I'm sure that there's some couples that would be like, yeah, like absolutely go for it. Like, you know, we thought that you provided an amazing service and we want other people, you know, to see and, and know that. So I think, yeah, if you can find ones that, you know, can show you, not even the whole ceremony, but at least yeah, snippets. Snippets of audio even. Yeah. That's, uh, that's all you need to hear. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, that person's got a good vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because we've had some with delivery, like some brand really well. And I guess it goes with any vendor as well, but like celebrant's probably a little bit more up there in terms of importance, but they'll brand themselves really well and market themselves well. And then they rock up on the day and they're just not necessarily always good at what they do or they just doesn't fit with what you want probably more than anything. So- um, and then on vendors, obviously you guys have your own suppliers list. Do you try and keep your supplier list quite tight um, and minimal to a point where you know that you might have one or two or three options of each thing so that when someone does come along, you're continually working with the same people instead of like, yeah, I've got 10 photographers and 20 celebrants. and Yeah. Look, it's a little bit in the middle. We like to have variation because people are obviously so different. So we don't want to have just one personality type or one budget, for example. You know, it, I feel like it would be really stressful if all of our photographers and videographers, you know, were all 10 plus grand. And then you've got couples being like, that's that's not in my budget. You know, what do, what do I do? Um, so we try and have a bit of a range and try and kind of have someone that will kind of maybe fit a lot of different personality types. Um we don't have a blacklist or anything like that. Or we, the only rule that we have around suppliers is that you need to have your own public liability insurance. Um, but otherwise, um, 
yeah, we, we definitely like to work with the people that we recommend and we find that we, you know, do work with them a lot. Um, there's no one that we say, no, you can't come here because yeah. <laughs> uh, it just feels mean. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I think a bit of in between it's, you know, we, I think we generally have about five of each on our supplier list. Um, and then if someone, you know, emailed and said, Hey, look, we've been to the list, they're not available or we're not clicking. Um, you know, do you have any other recommendations? Then, you know, we can kind of throw that out there as well. Um, but we generally only put people on the list that we've worked with multiple times, like multiple, multiple times. And we've got multiple reviews from people as to that they were good to work with. So not just it was good for us to work with them, but that the couple um, loved working with them as well. And that's what we send out a feedback form to our couples after the wedding. um, And it's got a question about, you know, how did you find your suppliers? And so they generally put down, you know, who they loved working with. um, And then sometimes sadly the opposite side of look, wouldn't recommend this person. We found this really difficult. Um, so I think that information is really helpful as well, getting from them what their side was. Yeah. Now, obviously, we've gone over the the family aspect of it, what Immerse can offer um, and all those good things. But I want to know from you being here for so long, like what have you seen, the good, the ugly, the the ridiculous, like in the industry itself or at, at the venue, I should say, over your years of being here? Oh, look, I've seen a lot. (laughs) I'm not one to gossip, so I'll keep my horror stories to myself. Um, But I, you know, there's, it's, it's funny. I, when you think of weddings that stand out, a lot of it isn't actually even about what happens at the wedding. It's just the people, you know, I've got, especially when I don't actually coordinate very much these days, but you know, back in the day when I was kind of running it all myself before we had a really big team, um, there's just some couples that, you know, you really, really gel with. Um, and it's just really exciting when you get to be a part of their day. Um, you know, I've still got some of them on social media and stuff like that. And they've got kids and, you know, they're coming back for the anniversaries and, um, I guess that's a good thing with the restaurant is they can come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They get to come back and we've got a lot of couples that come back for, um, for anniversaries each year. Um, we used to send out an anniversary email but we had to stop because there were a lot of couples who had already broken oh, up oh no <laughs> and we were like oh this is awkward yeah. so we let them contact anyone, us now ever had anyone come back with, with a new partner no i have got i've got one couple on social media um and they've got um a new partner but didn't come back and get married here which totally cool <laughs> it looked beautiful um but no, I haven't. I haven't yet. We haven't got it. We haven't had anything like super juicy, to be honest. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like that could be a podcast on itself. Like people just go around the venues. Yeah. And ask what's, what's going on? Tell what's us the, the, the goss? Tell us the bad stuff. <laughs> Put them under alias, alias uh, names. And absolutely. Give us the goss. Like the movie The Help. You know, yeah. you've just got the 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 diaries. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, one of the other cool things is that we're really lucky and we have, um, a really wide variety of cultures that come and get married here. And so getting to see those, you know, traditional things that happen in each weddings, um, you know, that's always really fun. Like we recently had, you know, the Lebanese drummers in for the, for the entrance and, um, things like that. I I remember actually one of my favorite, I loved it. We, we came out, um, and after the ceremony, they did the haka. So that was really, really cool. Um, we find I, the cultural stuff the best, yeah. I think. The, the, yeah. Those are what you remember. Yeah, like, just something just that, you know, a, a bit different to what you're used yeah. to seeing. And I think the um, 
I love the important ones as well. You know, the ones that really kind of come, you know, come from the heart and you can see how much it means to them and to their families and, and things like that. So I think that's probably what's most fun is just seeing the huge variety. You know, it's not the same thing over and over and over again. You know, each wedding is really, truly individual and different, which is really nice. Yeah, well, there's never a dull time at a wedding, is there? <laughs> no, no, never. And I mean, if it if it is quiet, then you're like, oh, that was nice, no problems. <laughs> Everything went perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for jumping on. It's been quite a very informational podcast for of those course. out there. Any, any listeners, any couples exploring any venues out here, maybe not even think have thought about the Yarra Valley yet and gone actually – you know, if something check it you know, out, tailored to our budget, yeah. Um, I'd say you're very good value for money as well oh, compared thanks. to most out here. Um, where prices can get quite steep, but you know, yep, there's value, yeah, there's obviously a tremendous value in what you offer. So, um, for couples out there that want to find find you, get in contact, obviously, Absolutely. the website is probably the best yep. opportunity. Website hits up on socials, Instagram's always a great place to be. Um, or you can just give us a call. Yep. <laughs> we, love, we love a chat. <laughs> is it rare for the phone to ring and then you go, oh, phone call? Gosh, no. no? <laughs> <laughs> phone rings uh, a lot, um, which, I mean, it can be easier sometimes. I always recommend for couples, um, particularly booked couples, to send massive lists of questions via email because you can see the responses. Sometimes when you have a phone call, like, I'm going to get lost. I yeah, forget, it's a lot. So email can be good, but I think when you just kind of want to, you know, get an idea of, again, even just vibe, like you can't get a vibe through email, yeah. you know. Um, so people calling for a chat, um, always good fun. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks for jumping on. Thank um, you. Obviously you can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So All the good spots. Yeah. Um, next on our list is the wonderful Rick Liston. So I know he's a preferred supplier of yours. Oh, Rick. So he's jumping on. So we're looking forward to that. Any, oh, amazing. Have any questions for Rick that he can answer? Any any juice that you got on him? Um, any banter? Any, any goss? No, Rick's just too lovely. <laughs> Rick is so nice. Rick is, yeah, definitely one that all of the staff, you go, oh, Rick's here. Okay, great. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, he's completely beautiful. I'd be keen to know what his favourite spot is. He wrote us up um, like a beautiful review uh, recently. So I have a bit of an idea of what he loves about the place. But if he has a, a favourite photo spot, I'd be... I'd be well, keen I mean, to know. We'll yeah. find out. We'll find out. Yeah. We want to know too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for jumping on. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode and got something important out of it. Um, but until next time. There will also be a video tour of Immerse coming out uh, yes. very soon too. So make sure you check that out if you want to see any visuals around Immerse. We walk through, go through all the spots as well. Get those autumn colours. That's it. All right. Well, thanks for jumping on and we'll catch you on the next one. That's it. Stays.